Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Geraldo Rivera. I'm Emily Campagno. And I'm Eric Sean. This is a Fox News Rundown. Thursday, April 21st, 2022. I'm John Saucier. Nobody could have predicted how this Russian war in Ukraine would have played out up until this point, and nobody can predict which way it's going to go. What we do know, though, is that there are a lot of pieces to this puzzle with major implications on the line for the whole world. What Vladimir Putin has made clear is that you know, Russia has nuclear weapons and that Russia is going to escalate further. Russia is going to target the supply lines. What if Russia targets the supply lines in inside a NATO member country? How do we respond in that case? This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Russian President Vladimir Putin has declared a Russian victory over the city of Mariupol, although there are still people holed up inside of a steel plant as they hold out against the Russians. Many of them are Ukrainian Marines, and they delivered this message this week. All of us, Mariupol military battalion of soldiers, more than 500 wounded and hundreds of civilians, including women and children. We plead to take us to safety on the territory of a third party state. That plea has not been answered. The plant uh, Azovstal is uh, it's a massive plant. It's about four miles long and uh, and there's lots of tunnels there. It was built to withstand a nuclear blast. Joining us today, former CIA chief of station Dan Hoffman, who is now with us as a Fox News contributor. And what Vladimir Putin has decided is that he's not going to have his troops storm uh, that that uh, steel factory. He's simply going to um, surround it and not allow any food or water or anything in or out. He's essentially doing to that steel factory what was done to his own family in uh, then Leningrad during the great siege of Leningrad. That's what he's doing to those people. And there's 120,000 people roughly in Mariupol. And uh, there's no way for them to get out. The Russians are not adhering to any ceasefires. And there's no plan right now uh, to allow uh, innocent civilians free passage, safe passage out of, of that besieged city. This is a another of a string of humanitarian catastrophes that Russia has brought upon Ukraine. Absolutely. When you're surrounding and starving innocent civilians, it's not something that the international community takes very kindly to. And this has been the Russian strategy for a while in Mariupol, where they have been besieging the city, but they have not allowed civilians or even other military members who want to give up to get out of there. So it looks like that continues on. This is all part of Russia's strategy during this war, which, Dan, they say they've changed. Earlier, we heard Russia is moving to a next phase of the war on Ukraine. Can you describe what they're up to now as they renew their offensive? Yeah, so they've been through a few phases, and uh, they've not succeeded at any one of them yet. 
um, though Vladimir Putin's Putin's propaganda machine is going to spew out a lot of disinformation about how successful they are. They they haven't been. Their initial plan was to topple the Ukrainian government uh, within a day or two. That didn't work. Then it was to uh, to take Kiev. Also didn't work. They had to withdraw. That's the in the third phase. They withdrew many of their troops uh, to Russia and to Belarus to be resupplied and refitted. This is the fourth phase of Russia's war, where they are targeting eastern uh, Ukraine, the Donbass region. And, uh, and you know, this is the one that's going to be most like what we saw during the Second World War. The terrain, in contrast to some of the areas north of Kiev and the cities, uh, it's very flat. It kind of looks like Kansas, the size of New Hampshire, uh, but, but, you know, very flat and conducive to um, tank maneuvers. And this is why it's important for NATO members uh, and specifically the United States to get Ukraine that military assistance that President Zelensky has been asking for since the conflict started. We've, we've been doing better, but, you know, uh, we got to we got to get a lot more in, in, into into the eastern part of Ukraine. And that's very difficult to do because uh, Vladimir Putin has said that Russia will target those supply lines uh, and getting stuff all the way from western Ukraine all the way to the east, very difficult to do that right now. It would have been a lot easier if we'd done it a year ago when Russia had 70,000 troops on the border. If we had hoped for the best and planned for the worst, we'd be in a better place right now. But uh, obviously that's, that's the history that'll be written someday. But right now we've got to play with the hand we've been dealt. Yeah, absolutely. Can't go back and rewrite it. Just got to do what you can do. We're speaking today with Dan Hoffman, who's a Fox News contributor, expert on all things war. And Dan, I want to talk more about the transfer of weapons into Ukraine and whatnot. President Biden today announcing more military aid. He says heavy guns and ammunition are going to be transferred into Ukraine. Some of these weapons the Ukrainian military is already trained on, but others they are not. That means that American forces would have to train them how to use certain of these weapons. How does that training work? I'm curious. Do the Ukrainian soldiers leave the country, get the training, and then go back into the war? Or are we talking about Americans or at least someone associated with the American military going into Ukraine to provide that training? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any U.S. military affiliated with the U.S. military. There are former U.S. military who are fighting right now. But active serving U.S. military, I don't think you're going to be going into Ukraine to do training or anything else right now. There has been reportedly uh, some training of Ukrainian soldiers uh, in NATO member countries, you of those switchblade drones. Uh, but, you know, yes, it's a, it's a major challenge. We're talking about these Ukrainian soldiers who are fighting a war, taking them out, getting them out for training now. I mean, that's just um, presents extraordinary challenges. That's why uh, President Zelensky has asked for things that they are familiar with, like MiG-29s, because they know how to use those. Uh, the howitzers that, we, that we're giving them, they use, that's different, the ammunition, it's a different um, weapon system than the one with which they're familiar. Um, you know, that's a, that's a challenge for them. And, uh, you know, the other challenge for us, frankly, is, you know, with a supply chain for us, the inventory of, of javelins and stingers, we don't have an endless amount of this stuff to give them. So we're looking at a lot of reasons for why we may face some bottlenecks. Now, to the credit of the Biden administration, they're, they're, they've, they've, they've decided, in fact, to provide um, those MI uh, helicopters, which is uh, MI-17s, which is really helpful, really useful for Ukraine, but they need more tanks, more T-72 tanks. They've gotten some of those from Slovakia, uh, from the, sorry, from the Czech Republic. Slovakia has given them an S-300 air defense system, but they need more of this. They need more tanks. They need more Humvees and howitzers. They need more drones. 
And uh, it's real hard to get trained up when you're trying to fight a war against a ruthless invader. And, and that's the challenge that we face. We had a lot of time to do this beforehand and, and trying to get it done right now is, is a massive challenge, but at least, you know, we're doing as much as you said as we can. We're speaking today with former CIA chief of station and current Fox News contributor Dan Hoffman, looking at a few storylines that have come up this week during the war in Ukraine. More discussion is coming your way next. Yeah, and there's a lot of credit to what has already been done and given to Ukraine and their ability to fight this war and continue it on and drag it out a lot longer than definitely Russia thought they could or a lot of countries as well. And looking at the Russian side of things, the Pentagon assessment earlier this week says that Russia's lost somewhere around 25% of the military assets that they had initially contributed to this war. What does that number mean to you? And is there any point where Russia might say, okay, we've lost enough. We've got to give this up now. Yeah, so, you know, Ukraine's got to fight to win, uh, and we've got to enable them to fight to win. That's what this is all about. I, it's hard, I think it's got to be hard for Ukraine, start with Ukraine, let alone Ukraine's NATO member uh, neighbors, to imagine a future with Vladimir Putin continuing to lead Russia after the massive war crimes and atrocities uh, he has committed against innocent Ukrainian civilians. Um, so... I think Ukraine has to fight to win so much that the Russian military says, you know what, this is, we are just not going to take orders from the KGB guy in the Kremlin anymore. And I wish that President Biden would get up on his bully pulpit and encourage that. Tell the Russian military to stop raining down hell on Ukrainian civilians. There's still time for them to stop doing that. What happens after that? Well, that's up to them. If they don't take orders from Putin, does that mean that Putin is no longer the rightful leader of Russia? Well, they can figure that stuff out themselves. I understand that's kind of threading the needle. I'm not calling for anybody to remove Vladimir Putin, or as some of our elected representatives have. Uh, that's up to them to figure that stuff out. But I think it's incumbent upon President Biden. If he's calling it genocide, then my goodness, give Ukraine what they need to win and call on Russia to stop this. Uh, and make it clear they're going to pay a price for doing it. And the price they're going to pay is massive United States military assistance to Ukraine. It's not going to end until Ukraine wins. We've provided you know, almost $3 billion worth of assistance, and that's a lot. Um, but, uh, but they need more. And you know, right now the war is grinding into this, this potentially most bloody phase. And uh, I, I fear that our darkest days are, are ahead of us in Ukraine. And they especially could if Russia continues on with recent nuclear posturing, Dan. And recently, Russia had made another move. They just tested an advanced intercontinental ballistic missile. This thing can deploy a dozen nuclear warheads at once. It's called the Satan II. What do you know about this weaponry and what does it mean for this war going forward? Might the Russians use it or is this posturing? It's, yeah, the Sarmat uh, ICBM. Look, I, I don't think it adds a lot to Russia's military capabilities. This was about timing and symbolism. Vladimir Putin uh, is trying to scare uh, the West and the United States in particular. When President Biden talks about his fear of a World War III, um, that just gives Putin, um, it encourages Vladimir Putin to threaten just that. And what Vladimir Putin has made clear is that you know, Russia has nuclear weapons and that, uh, that Russia is going to escalate further. Russia is going to target the supply lines. Uh, what if Russia targets uh, the supply lines in, inside a NATO member country? How do we respond in that case? Um, you know, Putin is aware that his military is not exactly um, 
you know, firing on all cylinders right now, and they've made a lot of mistakes. They've done some willful targeting of, of Ukrainian civilians. They've also just done it because they make a lot of, they do a lot of stupid things. I mean, who would have thought that they would bed down uh, in the Chernobyl forest and radiate themselves? Like, really? who does that? So that I, you know, Putin has to be concerned about that. So he's, he's trying to deter us from providing Ukraine with the military assistance Ukraine needs. He's deterred us so far from giving them the MiG-29s, which is a big deal. Um, and I think that was part of this uh, decision. Look, they, they didn't have to test that ICBM this week. They just chose to do it, and that's why. And keep in mind, too, I would just add, Russia celebrates Victory Day uh, on May 9, and, and Putin is feeling a little pressure to show that they're actually winning in Ukraine, which is why he said that Russia has taken Mariupol, which they haven't. Um, that's just kind of the way the Kremlin is going to spin this thing, uh, you know, and, and the Russian people, it's a lag time. They're starting to learn that their soldiers aren't coming home. And gradually, I think that the truth will make its way into Russia, but it's going to take quite a bit of time yet. I want to talk a little bit more about that assistance that America and the West is providing to Ukraine in the form of intelligence. This is your area of expertise. Of course, you were with the CIA, but you've also worked intelligence and technical programs in war zones, including in tours of duty in the former Soviet Union. So you're the guy to ask this question. What type of intelligence is the United States and the West giving Ukraine specifically that's helping them uh, defend against Russia? So there's, there's two kinds of intelligence when you're in a war zone. One is strategic intelligence. That's what are Vladimir Putin's plans and intentions, the big picture. And, you know, he's obviously swiveled to the Donbass. But does he plan on continuing to target the big cities? You know, Kharkiv is like 20 kilometers from Russia, and they never took that. But Russia's continuing long-range bombing. So those are things that are important to know. Um, Strategic intelligence, like how is Vladimir Putin getting along with his minister of defense, Sergei Shoigu? or his other inner circle key guys, the, the director of the FSB, Bortnikov, or his national security advisor, Patrushev. Uh, what is the, the mood in, in, in Russian uh, armed forces? Uh, what about this new commander, General uh, Dvornikov, who's responsible for leading the forces, Russian forces in Ukraine? All of those things, that's strategic intelligence. That is important because it helps Ukraine understand the battle space. And then secondly, there's tactical intelligence. That's where are those Russian units moving so that Ukraine can defend themselves better, or where are those Russian move, you know, where are those Russian uh, forces moving, so that Ukraine can target them themselves with lethal strikes, and all of that is critically important. You can get plenty of it from signals intelligence, from human intelligence, from overhead reconnaissance. Uh, there are, you know, obviously the Russians have not been very good about uh, about uh, uh, about hiding. Uh, their their military equipment, you know, the tanks, no camouflage there, and they're talking on open radios without any um, any sophisticated use uh, of codes or anything like that. You know, uh, or um, it's kind of surprising that they're doing it, um, but uh, it's in clear, open text, and so all of that is valuable tactical intelligence that we would want to be sharing with Ukraine. History is being written right before us. Dan Hoffman, we appreciate your time. And thank you so much for coming on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. In these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.